0: Mark chapter fifteen. I'm going to read the first twenty-five verses. I going to tell you before they talk about the crucifixion of Jesus, because I'm not. If I cry during this at all, I try, I'll try not to like break down and sob and make everyone uncomfortable. But I'm not unemotionally involved from these proceedings. I can't just like take a step back and objectively tell you about a historical fact. Because I'm intimately involved where he loved us. Oh, how he loves us. Uh, well, how did he demonstrate that? Here we go. And so um, we think about the love of Jesus Christ. I think about Jesus on the cross. Well, if God so loved the world, what? That he gave his only begotten son. And I'm not detached from these things. I don't I don't know if I can just like like a college professor you know with a you know chalkboard here and just chalkboard <laughs> just after the age of the dinosaurs and we had chalkboards uh, with a whiteboard to just kind of scribble on it and kind of not I don't think I, I have that in me, and shame on me if I ever get that way so we'll we'll talk about these things, and if I just again, let's just jump in. Straightway in the morning, okay, I'm in Mark 15, verse 1. Straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and delivered him and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, "Art not thou the king of the Jews? And he answering said unto him, thou sayest it. Chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, answerest thou Nothing. Behold, how many things these, they witness against thee. But Jesus yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at, the feast, at that feast he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them, that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them, But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priests moved the people, that he should rather release Barabbas unto unto them. Pilate answered and said uh, again unto them, What will ye then that I shall do unto him whom ye call the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out, The more exceedingly, Crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus, when he had scourged him, to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they gathered together the whole band, and they clothed him with purple and platted a crown of thorns and put it about his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with the reed and did spit upon him. And bowing their knees, worshipped him. When they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. And they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And they bring him unto the place Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of the skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. God bless us now with, uh, teach us many things here. Um, we have open Bibles in our laps or Bible app and, and we take your word very seriously and we believe it to be your very word and certainly this is given to us for reason reveal to us that reason here this morning in Jesus name Well, chapter 14 ends with, the, with Peter weeping after he denied Christ three times Certainly a, a low, the lowest point in Peter's life, I would say, forever. You know, it doesn't get any any worse than that. So we see the first, uh, back in verse 61, Jesus holding his peace there, saying all these crazy accusations. He doesn't answer them. The high priest puts him on oath in verse 61. Ar, art thou the Christ, the son of the blessed? Jesus said, I am. And he adds, and you shall see the son of man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. I am. He chose those words very specifically. The words of the burning bush and answering in the affirmative. Um... There's a, you, you, I, I said last week. You have put all the gospels together to get the chronology of events. First is uh, the the Annas, and then is the high uh, uh, Caiaphas, both ones the high priest that Rome had appointed, and the other ones the, the real high priest. Uh, and so there's two trials there. Now we see the third Jewish trial. There's three Gentile trials, Pilate, Herod, and Pilate, but you don't see it here in, in, in Mark. There is no one gospel that talks about all six trials, okay? But this is uh, straightway in the morning. The chief priest held a consultation with the elders. This is trial number three, and I said last week, they're all kangaroo courts. They have a, a quorum. They have to have an, an, enough people. They can't commit somebody to... Uh, death in one day you have to pray about it and think about it and if one person abstains that's it they're not worthy of death because grace was the operative word um, the, tr- cl- tr- the crime is blasphemy in verse 64 notice in chapter, uh, of chapter 14 the crime is blasphemy notice how in chapter 15 the crime changes okay I say kangaroo court um this is, it's a tremendous miscarriage of justice, and Jesus lets it all unfold. In the morning, the chief priests held a consultation. Read, the, read here, trial number three, with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. So the vote is unanimous; he's got to die. They do; they, have a, they don't do crucifixion, Jews. They do stoning, because that's what the Torah had commanded. But Jews had taken away the right of capital punishment. So Pilate has to be involved. They carried him away and they delivered him to Pilate. Pilate asked him, art thou the king of the Jews? He answered and said unto them, thou sayest it. It's as you say. He answers in the affirmative, qualified. He didn't just say yes, one. It's more of a, you know how when somebody asks you a real serious question, you go, yep, I do that all the time. And people say, well, you mean, yep, yes, yeah. And I do it kind of like because I'm an idiot and I like to tweak people, but, um, uh, but there's some cut times the question is very serious and it, des- it deserves more than a one-word answer. Part of that is what Jesus is saying. He's answering in the affirmative, but it's, well, that's what you say. It's not like, he's not being flippant, but it's a qualified yes. If he says, yeah, I'm the king of the Jews and uh, we're starting an uprising and you're in deep weeds there, Pilate, they, they deliver him and they say, he's, it's insurrection. They don't care about, Pilate doesn't care about blasphemy. Yeah, he says he's God. Pilate said, yeah, we got 500 gods. 501, we don't care. Get out of here. Stop wasting my time. But they have to change it to get Pilate involved in a situation where uh, normally Pilate wouldn't be involved or wouldn't care. So now it becomes not blasphemy. Now it becomes insurrection. See how that happened? Did they... Say in their councils, he's guilty of insurrection. No. They condemn him to death because he's guilty of insurrection. It's funny to me. Should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? Whose who's picture's on your coin there? Uh, Caesar's. Well, give back to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar. Does that sound like insurrection to you? He never tried to overthrow the government. listen. Listen. This is something we have to understand. Jesus is coming back. He's going to overthrow every government. He's going to set up a worldwide government. Daniel, uh, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the image made without hands, the, the stone uh, strikes in the feet, shatters it. It becomes a mountain over the whole earth. That's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Some people don't believe in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Some people are scripture illiterate. And we covered that on uh, Wednesday nights, probably about four or five or six. There were, I used every verse in scripture that I knew. Jesus is coming back to this planet. He's going to establish his kingdom. It's going to be a thousand-year kingdom. And it's going to be comprehensive. There's no... There's no place on earth that's outside the reaches of his kingdom. Was that what happened the first time? No. He said to Pilate in other scriptures, my kingdom isn't of this world. If it were, my subjects would come and fight. So Pilate's thinking, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, We don't have to worry about this guy. And he's ready to, and he says very often, I think there was six times where Pilate proclaimed his innocence. If you read all the scriptures and put them all together. Innocent, 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 innocent. Go ahead and crucify him. I think Pilate is the most weaselly, the most spineless, the biggest jellyfish. You know what he is? You know what he is? I'm just going gonna, gonna to say it. He's a politician. Yuck. Anyway, let's keep going. Are you the king of the Jews? Thou sayest it. But we understand it, it's, it's affirmative, it's qualified, and he explains to Pilate further what that means in other scriptures. The, pre, the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Why? Why is he really going to the cross? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He's going to the cross because I'm a sinner and because you're a sinner. If he's answering... But like when he's scourged, you know, they'd we'll get there. They'd lay it on hotter and hotter and hotter, and what the the, the prison they call it being examined because they would admit to, okay, who was in the crime with them, what's going on, and then they would let up a little bit if he confessed. Jesus doesn't say anything. They come back and they must tell Pilate <laughs> not even a peep, not even a murmur, nothing. And Pilate's all like, wow. Behold the man, remember? Uh, He must have been really impressed. That must have impressed the Roman soldiers to no end. Pilate's used to having people grovel and cry and beg for mercy. And Jesus says, if he says anything, what's going to happen? Your name, my name are going to come out in some very, very unflattering ways. And Jesus would never do that. He would never dime us out, as I like to say. Not a stool pigeon. Pilate asked him again, "Answerest thou nothing? Behold how many things these witnesses, uh, they witness against thee." Jesus yet answered nothing. So that Pilate marvelled. When you're on trial for your life, bother to answer. <laughs> Not Jesus. He's going to the cross. He knows he's going to the cross. He's orchestrating it. He's in control the whole time, and this is what it must be. Listen. Gethsemane meant something to us. He begged the Father, listen, if there's any other way, you've got a plan B, now would be a good time, let's look at that. The, the, the great silence from heaven tells us that there was no other way. And Jesus had grinded through this, worked through this, and all right, y'all will be done. And now he settled on, this is how it's going to play out, we get it, we understand. And so there's nothing to be said And Pilate marvels that he's not groveling, that he's not begging. Remember last week uh, we talked about when Jesus was going to be arrested. He went out to meet them. Come on, we got to be going. Going to meet them, not scattering, not running. Jesus doesn't run away. Can I tell you something else Jesus doesn't do? Jesus doesn't grovel, okay? Not ever. I can imagine the ones who had crucified him, when they die... I bet they recognized him. I bet they were naked as the day they were born, standing in front of this great judge who they had crucified. Oh, I'd see some groveling at that point. Jesus, he doesn't beg. He doesn't grovel. He doesn't. Let's keep. And Pilate marvels. Now, at the feast, he released unto them one prisoner whom they desired. There was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. So, one guy's guilty as all get out, and he's. One of the questions for the homework is, how does Barabbas remind us of us? You don't know any Greek, but you know this much. He's Bar, son. You know, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon the son of Jonah. We get Bar. Uh, Abba is right there. He's the son of a father. How generic is that? Uh, he's you, he's me. Early writings, name his first name is Jesus. With Yeshua, you know, uh, a common name. Jesus wasn't the only one who had it. Uh, so we have Jesus Barabbas. So you got to either select him or you got to select Jesus Barabbas. You know, either one. Jesus the son of a father or Jesus the son of the father. I mean, that, those are all only selections. Jesus Barabbas, the insurrectionist, murderous one, he's guilty. And he goes free. And Jesus pays the penalty. So here, now look, look at the picture. This is very, very stark. The guilty one goes free. The innocent one is put to death. How does that remind us of us? I mean, I, we, we can draw a picture at this point, but that's stark. Um, we're all the son of a father, we're all guilty of insurrection. It's insurrection. We're guilty of insurrection. Every last one of us is a rebel. Don't even. I think this is the most easily verifiable point that I've ever made from this point. We're, we're all sinners. You know, you know uh, I, I, I know people who don't even uh, believe in God at all uh, who will admit, yeah, yeah, I don't live up to any. I have my own standard, and even I don't even live up to that, that. People will say things like, well, nobody's perfect. We all admit it. We all agree. There's no, there's no like, well, I'm a really very righteous man. Uh, I know people say that. I know what they mean. But nobody's going to claim, yes, I have lived in sinless perfection since the time I drew breath. The um, doctor held me upside down by the ankles, gave me a good firm smack, and I wailed like a banshee. And uh, since that time, I've never done anything wrong. I've never met that person who would even claim that. He, and we're all guilty of insurrection some of us are guilty of insurrection today we say that he's the Lord but we don't do what he says and Jesus calls us on that why do you call me Lord, Lord but you don't obey me oh insurrection, we celebrate our insurrection here we got you know the, the thing it's got but to do with Memorial Day every 4th of July we celebrate our insurrection we celebrate the fact that we're rebels me and Susan are talking about this when's the time to take up arms Against a, an oppressive regime. It's it's a tough question. Is there ever a time? Are the founders of this country thought so? That if I get if I go down that rabbit hole, I'll never come back. Right. Uh, so there's one named Barabbas. All right, he's guilty as all get out. The multitude crying aloud began to desire desired, uh, him to do what they had ever done unto them. Pilate answered and said unto them, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Pilate's trying to get Jesus off his hands. He washes his hands in one scripture. His wife comes in another scripture and says, Have nothing to do with this righteous man. I've suffered many things in a dream. And so he's, he knows that Jesus is innocent. He says it. I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. He knows He's innocent. But, again, he's trying to play it both ways. He's trying to release Jesus at this point. For he knew the chief priests had delivered him for envy. What envy is this? What are we talking about? How are the chief priests envious of Jesus Christ? One, he teaches Scripture in a way they never could and never did. Here's Here's a following that they never had and never will have. He can do miracles. They can't do miracles. He has sway, cachet. He's got. He says something, and people change the direction of their lives based on what he says. His input in people's lives. That's some. some heady wine. When people ask your opinion and you give it and they say, whoa, that's very thoughtful, that's very godly. and they, That's pretty heady wine. Um, a lot of us, we offer our opinions. By the way, guys rarely do this. Most guys don't. We call it unsolicited advice. <laughs> I said, Some guys try to do it and i like, I know some guys who have an opinion on everything and they try to share it all the time. I think like, I try to be gracious, but I'm thinking whatevs, <laughs> when I want my life to look like yours, I'll, but, but I try to be humble because like we think that everyone has something to share with us, everyone knows something, and we try to, but if I'm not asking, it's because I'm not, it's like unmarried marriage, marriage counselors, right? Guy's been, you know, he's expert on women and we know that he is because he married and divorced five times. And he's got everything to tell you about marriage, right? Like that. Or the guy who doesn't got two nickels to rub together telling you about how he's made all these wonderful and shrewd investments. Jesus lives a life that, and he tells us how to please God, how to have a relationship with God, how to love God, how to serve God. And he demonstrates it with the power of a godly life. And guess what? Chief priests don't. They know they're crooked as all get out. Jesus calls them out on a lot of times, and they know what he's saying is so. Oh, they're very envious of him. So much so they moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said again unto them, What will ye then that I shall do unto, the, uh, unto him whom ye call king of the Jews? He latches on to that, doesn't he? He keeps saying it. Verse 9, Should I release unto you the king of the Jews? What shall I do unto, you, uh, uh, unto him that, that you call king of the Jews? And they cried out again saying crucify him. And I think humanity is very fickle. Some of these same people would have been part of the triumphal entry a week earlier. Hosanna, save now. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now they're crying crucify him. Why? He's been scourged at at some point. Um he um he's arrested. He's already been beaten up by the Jews, he's probably bruised, disheveled. Uh this ain't the saint he's supposed to come here and deliver us from Rome. Now here he is in front of Rome, being condemned to death. Humanity is fickle. And by the way, this is a, this this is very interesting to me. A lot of people try Christianity. Okay, you know what I mean. We ask them to come to Christ. Oh yeah, I tried that already. You know what I mean. They have this unfair expectation of what God should be, what God shouldn't be. I came to Christ, and after that, my my dog died, and I was very and I'm just haven't we give God his script and tell him to read it and he never does and we have these expectations and then when he doesn't do his role as we define it, he's unworthy of our worship that doesn't even work in a marriage Sue's untrainable she really is, I give her a script this is how you're, and she's just like yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do you want to You want a wife or a puppy? You know, you know what I mean. Uh, you you want you uh, someone who is a free moral agent. You want somebody who just does everything you tell. Who wants that? God, it doesn't work in any relationship, and sh- certainly doesn't work with God. We tell him this is how it's going to be, and he's like, mm, "I don't think so." But he's good, and he loves us, and he knows he loves us more than we love us. And he knows us more than we know us. And his ways are so far above our finding out and so way, far above our ways. So when we have this, this is how it's going to be, and he doesn't play by our rules. He always colors outside the lines. You can see this in the life of Jesus. Is it A or B? Uh, neither one of them. You know, uh, the, the, the woman caught in adultery, you know. Should we stone her or not? Well, yeah, we should stone her, but here's the rules. Let him who's without, without sin. Should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? He's, he always colors outside the lines. You can't give him A or B. He always comes up with C. That's how it, that's how it is with God. That's how he's, he's, he's so... We think in li- binary, it's this or it's this. Well, some things are binary, right? Gender, okay? You unearth a human being. the 72 genders. We've never unearthed 70 of those genders yet, okay? They're, they're always A or B, right? Uh, Justin uh, Harvey, my friend, famously said, if I had a dollar for every uh, gender there were, I'd have two dollars. Some things are binary, but not everything's binary. Should we pay taxes or not? Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to God what's God's. He always, like I say, he calls outside the lines. He doesn't believe. He doesn't, he doesn't do things the way we, we want him done. And I think this is part of the rejection of him. You know, he's supposed to come into town, save now, deliver us from Rome. We, you're the son of David. David was a great and mighty king. Be a great and mighty king to us. I remember you fed us with 5,000, and you're going to come and forcibly make him king. You're the bread king. Now be the rule over us. Be, a, be the head of our army, and, and we'll get rid of Rome, and we'll be an independent nation again. Here he is, handcuffed, bound, Spit upon and beaten. Psh, we don't want to save you like that. People are still doing the same thing. What, 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 what will ye that then shall you do unto him whom you call king of the Jews? Psh, get out. Get him out of here. Crucify him. Pilate said to him, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceeding, Crucify him. I love this. Guys, Are you that double-down clown I like to talk about? You're wrong, you're provably wrong, so you just get louder. Don't do this, don't do this, okay? Some guys argue this way. Um, By the way, if you show me where I'm wrong, politically, scientifically, philosophically, biblically, it might hurt my feelings, but I appreciate that I was brought into the light. At some point I will thank you, I promise you, because it's happened my whole life, right? Thank you for showing me that. Nope, pride can't take it. So when somebody shows me I'm, uh, I'm wrong, I just get blustery and louder and, you know, just prove my point and I talk right over everybody and I can't, I don't want to listen to what you say, and you know, and just, uh, it's ugly, right? Don't do that. Don't do that. By the way, when you're discussing the things of the Lord, be a gentleman or be a lady. Don't talk over people, don't. It's, a, it's not going to. You might win the argument, but you're going to lose the the person. Are we trying to win an argument? Or are we trying to win a soul. We're told to be ready to give to every man an answer uh, for him who asks. For the hope that's in us, it talks about with meekness, with a spirit of. You want to be arrogant while you're doing that. You might know all the answers. But I think meekness wins the day. I think I think gentle. I think humble is is good. Hubris and Arrogance is—you won't win. So here they are—the double down clown, right? What has he done? I mean, we need to—we need to get—he's got to be guilty of something to be crucified. They just shout louder. So Pilate willing to content the people. Some people believe that Pilate becomes a believer. I do not, okay, he doesn't show any signs of it, later on he commits suicide, they say he became fast friends with Herod after this day, you know a lot about people by their friends, I do not believe he became a believer. Pilate died in the course of time, this one he condemned to crucifixion, he stood before I don't want to go there. Even in my mind, I don't want to. It, it wouldn't go well with Pilate. If Pilate asked, while he was alive, asked for forgiveness, asked, begged for mercy, and cried out to Jesus as the Savior, would Jesus save him? Sure, sure. We know that here. Listen, we understand grace. I think more than most churches, most, most people understand grace. We've, we've understood that here. Could Judas, after betraying him, turn to Christ and get forgiveness? Sure. Sure, the, the, can you? Yeah, the the sad fact is that people generally don't. I I've never understood that. I just I just I just never understand that. Pilate, willing to that the people, released Barabbas unto them, and delivered Jesus when he had, when he had scourged and be crucified. Scourging is an awful thing. People died very often. Uh, you know they. I can tell you the whole process and stuff like this. Cause I've studied it and I've listened to sermons about it and I've done a lot of reading about it. It's it's a nasty bit of business. More than just whips, which in and of themselves are painful and awful. But I mean, this would rip off your skin and expose ribs and kidneys and. Sometimes people died of the, the scourging itself. Like I said, they were, trying, they were trying to elicit a confession. And again, Jesus, we're told, like a lamb before his shears is his dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. There's a reason for that again, and we've already discussed it. We won't go there again. But they, they, they whip him, and he's not begging for mercy. He doesn't do that. Again, they bring him back to Pilate in another gospel, and he's like, behold the man. I think there's a little bit of awe there. He scourged him uh, and he delivered him to be, him to be crucified. Crucifixion's is a nasty proposition. Again, I want to explain this in great detail. I think I won't. Let's just stick with the text. Um, and by the way, there's a lot of videos on it, reputable, good videos by scientific folk on the Shroud of Turin. You, do you believe that to be the burial shroud of Jesus Christ, Adam? I think so. I think so. I th- I, you know, um, paid in full, Jesus said, die, it is finished. It also means paid in full. And I think this is the receipt. <laughs> All it's itemized there on the Shroud, the the wounds in the hands, the... Uh, this person, whoever it was on the shroud, and they don't know how the image got there, it's of a crucified individual. Um, like I say, much, much credible science has gone into this, and you know there's, there's wounds on the feet, hands, the side where the spear went in, crown of thorns. I think like this is an itemized list, like a, a receipt of all the paid in full. And you know how you get at the at the end of the meal, you know you got the Diet Coke. I don't know why you drink that anyway, but it's a story for another time. I don't drink Coca Cola. But anyway, you get the Diet Coke and you get the cheeseburger and you get the. And it's all there, you know, it's itemized. I think that's what the shroud is. If it was proved a forgery tomorrow, would it shake my faith? Not at all. My faith isn't in the shroud, it's in the Word of God. But I think it's an amazing thing. And there's some things. That I was watching one this morning. There's some. Um, Things on like YouTube that uh, scientifically demonstrates some things that like are just incredible. And uh, enough on that. Um, they, they delivered him, uh, delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. The soldiers led him uh, away into the hall called Praetorium and they called together the whole band. How many? Hundreds. They clothed him with purple, And platted a crown of thorns and put it upon his head. So, like, uh, one the video I was watching this morning told me what kind of thorns and where they're only found in and around Jerusalem and in the Mediterranean and how many, like, places, like, they're in Italy and Sardinia and a few other places. And, you know, they know exactly the crown of thorns. They had, like, uh, fruit on them and flowers and everything. Um, and also it was more like a cap than just like the wreath that like we see in art and, and, and stuff like that. I don't think I'd like a crown of thorns on my head. They put on his head, and they begin to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. Do they believe what they're doing? No, they're mocking him. It's all about mocking. Um, this, this is hard. Um, physically, Uh, Painful, okay? Physically painful to be sure, and emotionally painful. He spat upon. Do you like being spit upon, having people spit in your face? Mm, Most of us don't like that. Do we like the physical abuse? Most of us don't like that. Do we like to be mocked? We do not. There's stuff that goes on uh, scripturally that, like in Isaiah 50, You know, I I gave my back to the the smiters. I hid not my face from them that plucked off the beard. You won't find that in the New Testament. Do you like having your beard plucked out? (laughs) No. I hate it when you get a little baby there, and they get their fingers in the curls there and pull on it. It'll still bring a tear to your eye. And they're not pulling it out. They're just pulling on it, you know. Um you know, it talks about, uh, was it, in, a, in a Psalms? The plow was plowed upon my back, they made long their furrows. Uh, one of your homework questions, read Psalm 22 and categorize all the verses that were fulfilled on the day of the crucifixion from things you know. Um, so we find all through the, um, the Old Testament we, we see messianic prophecies concerning this this torture why doesn't jesus just get stoned or hung or there's a lot of ways to kill somebody why isn't any of these selected cuz this is the most gruesome the most hideous the most painful the most and i think if it says anything it talks to us about the way god feels about sin He could, have, he, could have, he could have been just, like I say, hung, you know. Three or four minutes of suffocation, unpleasant to be sure. And then, I mean, if you were executed, have you thought about what you'd like? Firing squad, decapitation by guillotine. I'm an electrician. I don't want to be electrocuted. That looks like a nasty way to go. But out of all the ways to die, crucifixion is the one that none of us would ever select. It's supposed to keep you just this side of life for an extended period, sometimes for days. It's this humiliation, there's mocking, there's spit, there's excruciating pain. The word excruciating means. Out of the cross, we had to invent the adjective to describe the pain because there was no other word, right? They called him with purple, color of royalty. They put a crown on him because royalty has crowns. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him on the head with a reed. And one scripture tells they give him a, a scepter, a reed, a stick. Uh, a scepter, I think, is the best way to describe it. And then they would take that out of his hand and hit him over the head with it, further impressing the, the thorns into his head. They began to salute him. Hail, king of the Jews. They smote him on the head with a the reed. They did spit upon him. And that means spit and kept spitting. And they bowed their knees, worshiping him. So if it was a real king. He would be dressed in purple. He would have a cl- crown. They would bow their knees and they would kiss his hand. But here they spit on his face instead. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put on his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. Oh, why? Because you're a sinner. Put yourself right at the, at the cross. He's, he's doing this for you. He's doing this for me. I don't know how we can stay unattached from this scene. Like, again, uh, I have had it explained to me um, early on in the process, if I was the only one who ever sinned, would Jesus still come down still live a sinless life, and still have the, the, the same crucifixion. I, and some would say, yeah, I believe that is the case. I don't have a verse that tells me that, but I know it in my heart of hearts. It's, 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 it's literally that personal. God so loved the whole world, but I'm part of the whole world that he loved. Was Jesus thinking about me as he was hanging there on the cross? I think the answer is yes. I think he was thinking about you. I I don't know how else I can... So they let let him out to crucify him. They compel one Simon, a Cyrenian who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. The question and the homework, would you, if you had the opportunity, bear Jesus' cross? Careful how you answer. It's not hypothetical at all. We know this from earlier studies in Mark. Take up your cross. Take up my cross and follow me. You do have the opportunity. Alexander and Rufus are known to us. The fact that that they are, they're in the New Testament. I think it's in uh, Corinthians chapter 16, but I'm not sure. Um, Paul mentions Rufus and he talks about his mother and mine. They have the same, I think it's a spiritual mom, you know what I mean, kind of. Um, um, okay, Simon is an interesting character to me. Okay, he comes from um, Cyrene, modern-day uh, Libya. It's about 800 miles from Jerusalem. He's obviously a man of faith. He's going to the Passover in Jerusalem. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is one of the three feasts where Levitically with the, uh, every able-bodied Jew is supposed to attend. You can't always do that because life is life. Because another thing too, it costs money. It would be very expensive like travel is in our day. It's a very expensive proposition, right? You've got to have money to sustain yourself with meals, with lodging, this thing and that thing. And so maybe this is a once-in-a-lifetime an event. So here he goes. Now I think he's got this curiosity gene, like you have, like I have, maybe. What's going on over here? Forces his way to the front, and uh-oh, uh oh, doesn't want any part of this. Okay, this is a condemned man going to his crucifixion? And suddenly, because, uh, sorry, <laughs> this is the law. The the Roman a Roman official puts the flat part of his sword on his shoulder and compels him. You can do this up to one mile. You remember, and Jesus said that, if someone compels you to walk with him one mile, go two. Uh, this comes into play here. So this, and by the way, he's a black man, Cyrene, Libya, dark skin. Um, why didn't they just pick a, any random Jewish person to carry Jesus' cross? Ooh, <laughs> That would have been a, that would have been, there would have been a lot of pushback, but nobody's, like, so Simon can't go to like the Cyrenian consulate and say, yeah, they're making me do this, come to my aid, Mr. Ambassador, (laughs) it ain't happening. When the the soldier puts the flat part of the sword on his shoulder and says, carry this man's cross, that's all there is to it. He's compelled and there's no one to, uh, now he's defiled. He can't keep the Passover. I bet he kept the Passover better than anybody else that time, in my manner, or in my way of thinking. I think he becomes a believer, and I think that's how we know who his children are. We know who he is. And I think it would be kind of impossible to think that he was put in that position. It didn't move him to the point where he understood who Jesus was and what he was all about and what he was dying for and this and that I bet he took that bloodstained clothes he was wearing never washed them again I bet he had them hung up in his house as a display for everybody I'm the guy who carried his cross I bet at first I bet compelled at the end of it I think he understood some things that none of us will ever understand and he was just passing by Coincidence is not a kosher word, they say, right? Just passing by. God uses up every opportunity. And they bring him to the place called Golgotha, which is being interpreted as the place of the skull. We call it Calvary. It's a Latin term. You mean Calvary means the place of the skull? Yeah. I mean, you mean I go to Skull Chapel? Yeah, but don't tell your friends. They already think you're part of a cult, right? That's where we go. go uh, I see. We call it Golgotha Chapel, now. Uh, Calvary Chapel, and that's what that's what it means. It's, pl- it's the place of the skull. Some people say because there are a lot of human skulls there they were kind of left there that uh, Rome like littered it that way as a warning to others. And some say be- there was all kinds of Golgotha. It meant like the crest of a hill of the. And some say it's because it looked like a skull. I think the latter because I've seen pictures of it. There's a bus station there now, but it's still there and it's still recognizable. You can't, like, um, because it's privately owned, you can't just go there, but there's, like, a restaurant across. If you stand on the roof, you can still take pictures of it. I'm told, because I've never been there. But uh, if you've seen pictures of it, you'd say, oh, yeah, that's why it's named that. It looks like a skull. It looks obviously like a skull, in my way of thinking. Uh... They gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. Now, there's a group of ladies who would do this out of mercy because in Proverbs where it says, you know, give strong drink to those who are perishing. And they took that literally like it was their ministry. Um, So it's wine, like you would think of wine, but it's mingled with myrrh, which has a stupefying effect. It's like a narcotic, but he wouldn't receive it. Why? Uh, he, uh, his whole mental focus and capacity has to be on what he's doing. He has to say the things he's going to say. He has to act the way he's going to act. He can't be. It's not for kings, O Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine. Um, you say, um, you know, but I'm not a king. Okay, but you're leaders. You know, and that's how I always think. I'm not a king. I don't pretend to be. But I don't want to drink wine because, uh, you know, I don't want to be forgetful. I, and by the way, i got a few brain cells that still work, right? i still got some synaptic function up there. It's going, it's happening. And, you know, it kills brain cells. It doesn't seem like I have any spares that I can give up. I have extra brain cells that I can... Do they regenerate? Some say no, some say yes. I don't know. I don't want to take that chance. Wine's not on my to-do list. It's just, it's just not. I think it's the best choice. But here, it's not because of that so much. as I think it's just like, thank you, appreciate your the sentiment here, but no, I've got to face what I've got to face. I've got to have my, all my faculties. They gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not and I, and no doubt i think it's a it it's a mercy here and when they had crucified him um you know i think the the movie the passion did a lot of things really good and i i hate to be critical cuz i couldn't do better um I remember seeing, sitting in the movie theater watching it. When they were scourging him, I was, I was watching it through my fingers. I'm very sympathetical, and i easily moved him. I'm watching it through my fingers. Oh, stop hitting that man. I remember the Holy Spirit of God ministering in my heart saying, oh, you, you don't think you're that bad, huh? And I remember it. He was wounded for our transgressions. The one thing I didn't like about the movie is they, they get like four or five guys that are holding his hand down and nailing it, and so they grab the other hand, and he's fighting with them and stuff, and it's not Jesus. I, where do you get that idea? What he did, what uh, Mel Gibson, is that right? Mel Gibson. I always think of Mel Brooks. <laughs> it's not a Mel Brooks movie. Mel Gibson, what he did is he, he was holding the hammer and the nail, off, kind of, It doesn't show, it just shows this, this much of him. And so I think he was saying, he he, he was putting himself in the scene like I'm part of the, one of the reasons Jesus was being crucified. I think that was very insightful. But the part I didn't like is Jesus fighting, because I know Jesus, I know him. I know, I know who he is. Yeah, go ahead, do your worst. Yep, go ahead. That's who Jesus is. He... Willingly, he could have stopped it at any point if, he, if it was just muscles. He could, he could have called thousands, legions of angels, right? He could have stopped at any point. He didn't. Why? The song that we sing, We Are His Portion. He, for the joy set before him, he was thinking of you. He's thinking of me. This is how I'm going to bring this one back into fellowship with the Father. Go ahead, do your worst. Someone said, "How much does uh, God love He he put out his arms. This much, and he nailed him to a tree. <sighs> they crucified him. They parted his garments, casting lots upon them what every man should take. Again, Psalm twenty-two. It was the third hour, and they crucified him. Um, how long was Jesus on the cross? Verse thirty-four. And at the ninth hour, he's still alive, and he's, this is when he says, "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani." Six hours. Now you're saying, "Seems so bad, six hours." Uh, six hours of excruciating torture. And somehow he suffered for eternity. We eternal beings, God's an eternal being. Um, we don't have an expiration date. Physically we do. But then we're going to, our soul, our, our, we live on forever. That part of us doesn't have an expiration date. We sin, us eternal beings, sin eternally against an eternal God. And somehow, in that six hours, God paid the eternal price. I don't. I don't understand it all. I don't. I don't pretend to know all the uh, ramifications of this or anything else. Third hour, 9 a.m. Think about 6 a.m. in the morning. That's about this time the sun comes up. Now, this time of the year, or earlier than that, right? It's really five thirty. When I get up at five thirty in the morning it's it's not light out like this light, but it's light, you know what I mean, so you can see. You could drive around without your lights on if you wanted to. Um, but think about, you know, six six o'clock. So third hours it's the hour third hour after sunrise. So think about nine o'clock in the morning. He's on the cross for over six hours. Or about six hours. We'll end there because our time is spent, and uh, I didn't want to try to get the whole chapter. I think we'd have to run through too much stuff. And there's a lot more that's going to happen. I, like I say, it's a big chapter, and we got like half of it, so that's that's good anyway. Let's stand. I, you know, um, uh, you you're coming up here for a. Uh, uh, outro song, (laughs) okay. Uh, It's not to, the the reason the Bible goes into these things, it's not to guilt somebody, it's not to like, um, I don't want to move you emotionally, it doesn't work that way. There was a horrific death that Jesus paid to secure our eternity with him. And if I cover all those graphic nasty details then you will get saved <laughs> it doesn't work that way but these things are here for us not to not to play on your guilt boy what a horrible rascal you are what a horrible you're just disgusting you're so depraved and so wicked look at what jesus had to endure that's not the reason but these things are here for us if we marvel at the depth of his love for us, the love with which he loved us. And it's a marvelous thing. Let's pray. God, we marvel. I don't know another word. You're so good to us. You've, uh, you have died to pay the penalty for our sins. And now you ever live to make intercession for us. Well, thank you for just loving us. Nobody's ever loved us like you love us. We praise you. We thank you for this great salvation. Every one of us has fa- friends and family who have not bent the knee, maybe in a mocking way, but not in a real legitimate way, to your, the, your kingship your, and have made uh, your, the opportunity of salvation and made a real thing in their lives. So Lord, many of us, we, we pray at this moment, Lord, that you would, I don't know how else to say it, save them. Lord, use us to effect change in the life, but mostly we understand it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes lives eternally and forever. We praise for this great gospel, for this great book. Now, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee, the Lord make his face shine upon thee, and be gracious unto thee, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee, give thee peace. Amen.